Welcome to the Money Hour with Tina Mitchell. Tina Mitchell, MLO 145420, is a licensed loan originator with Gateway Mortgage Group, LLC. The views expressed by the speakers on the following program are those of the speakers and do not necessarily reflect the views of Gateway Mortgage Group, LLC, nor are they necessarily endorsed by Gateway Mortgage Group, LLC. Now, in the studio, local mortgage and finance expert, Tina Mitchell. Welcome to Money Hour at 1150 AM KKNW, the Saturday, June 10th show. I am your host and mortgage expert, Tina Mitchell. I'm committed to providing you knowledge needed to be successful in every area of your finances. Knowledge is power, and that's what you'll receive from listening to the show today. If you're hearing my show at a different time or day, you're listening to a rebroadcast. I'm here to answer any questions or connect you with the guests that I have on the show. Please call the show at 1-855-411-50. Again, that's one 855 1150 or online at themoneyhour.com. And my lineup for today's show, I have Maya Butler and Rosemary West with Real Logics Sotheby's International Realty. The market is insane. Tell me what's going on. That's what we're going to have a conversation about real estate, everything real estate and the crazy market that we're in. Also in studio, I have Tony Sablon with Ultimate Wealth Strategies New Like New York Life. Strategies for building a better retirement. And last guest in studio, Melissa Master Leo with Coldwell Banker Bain, implications of Seattle City Council's revisions to the landlord-tenant ordinance. If you are a renter or you are an investor, you'll definitely want to hear Melissa's segment. Great information and great guest in studio today. For more information on any topic discussed, please call the show at 1-855-411-50. Again, that's 1-855-411-50 or online at themoneyhour.com. And for today's Money Chat. Money. Money. During morning chat, sometimes I bring in my arena, which is mortgages, and sometimes I bring in other information, but today I'm going to talk about mortgages, or I'm going to talk about mortgage insurance removal. With all of the equity, the appreciation that we're seeing in homes, with the massive appreciation that we're seeing in our local real estate market here, uh, if you have a mortgage and you might be thinking about removing your mortgage insurance or look at what your options are, if you're looking at purchasing a home and going in with a lower than a 20% down payment, being educated on how mortgage insurance works as far as removal uh, is important. So I want to go through that today on Money Chat. It depends on the loan and how you can remove the mortgage insurance. Mortgage insurance premium or MIP is for FHA financing is required for the life of the loan. Private mortgage insurance or PMI is for conventional financing and can be removed. The Homeowners Protection Act law governs when mortgage lenders can can and must remove mortgage insurance for a home. So I want to go through those options. Now, lender mortgage insurance, also known as private mortgage insurance or PMI in the U.S., is an insurance payable to the lender to trustee a pool of securities that may be required when taking out a mortgage loan. It is insured to offset the loss in case a consumer is not able to repay the loan and the lender is not able to recover its cost after foreclosure and the sale of the mortgage property. PMI is required, again, on a conventional loan if you're doing lower than a 20, less than a 20% down payment. So automatic PMI termination. 
Once your loan to value based on the original price you paid for your home is 78%, the PMI will automatically terminate if your payments are up to date. Next is to request the PMI removal. You can request removal of PMI when the loan balance reaches 80% of the original home value when the loan is initially taken out. Now, PMI disclosure will be part of the disclosure package and list the date when you will hit that 80% 80 mark. Extra principal payments during the time can shorten the time to reach the 80%. And to have PMI removed, you must be current on your mortgage payments and request the PMI removal in writing. Now, the lender may require for you to prove that there is not a second loan on the home and make you pay for the appraisal to show that the home value has not decreased. This extra 2% on the loan to value from 80% to the 78% where it automatically is removed is extra money out of your pocket. So mark your calendar for when your loan reaches that 80% loan to value from the original price you paid for the property. Because on a $100,000 loan with an estimated 0.78% calculation for the cost of mortgage insurance where it will automatically be removed, this would be an additional $65 a month you would pay from the time that you were at the 80% loan to value but didn't know that the mortgage insurance didn't automatically drop off until the 78% loan to value. So based on today's interest rates, you would hit that 80% target in about a year, costing you over $700 if you miss that opportunity and wait to the 78 when it automatically just drops off. Now also there's an alternative termination criteria. The Homeowners Protection Act dictates that the PMI can stay on the loan for no longer than one half of the term of the loan. Even if the loan to value is greater than 78%, when half of the term has passed, the lender must remove the mortgage insurance. This final termination of PMI might occur with mortgage terms that include interest-only payment period. We're not seeing a lot of those uh, now. Uh, But when the loan balances has not reached or reduced the monthly payments. Now, the last option for removing your PMI is request early PMI removal. You can request early removal of PMI when the loan balance reaches 80% of the home's current market value. In addition, you must have a minimum history of making payments on a loan for 36 months with no delinquent activity. To have the PMI removed early, you must request the PMI removal in writing. The lender may require you prove that there is not a second loan again to make sure that there's no additional mortgages against it, and they'll definitely have you pay for the cost of the appraisal to show that the current market value and where your loan balance at supports that 80% loan to value. Now, there are many ways to avoid paying PMI. You've heard me bring this in at Money Chat. Uh, before where you can do a lower than a 20% down payment. There's lender paid paid options where you're going to take a higher interest rate. You would never do that unless you're going to keep the mortgage very short term. There's also the single premium or known as a buyout. That's where you're going to pay an upfront fee to completely buy out the mortgage insurance. My favorite, if you're going to be holding on to the mortgage, it's a really great option. You can actually finance into that loan as well. Um, and you'll definitely have that recovered. The cost of that less than the minimum requirement to hold on to the monthly mortgage insurance, asking for that early removal, especially when you have to pay for the cost of the appraisal. I will let you know in this market that it can be a little challenging in our local market here to get your offer accepted when you're doing less than a 20% down payment just because of the competitiveness of the market. But if you don't have other options, there are alternatives to uh, get created with that PMI. So that's my money chat for today. Coming up next on the Money Hour, the market is insane. Tell me what's going on. I'm sure a lot of my listeners are asking that. That's why I brought in these guests, Maya Butler and Rosemary West with Real Logic Sotheby's International Realty right here at 1150 AM KKNW after this short break.
You bought it, but do you know how it works? We're talking Social Security, the biggest mystery in your financial blueprint. Now, move from mystery to mastery with the new book, Social Security, The Inside Story. Author Andy Landis has helped thousands of people just like you master Social Security. Hi, this is Andy Landis. You can learn more at my website. Go to www.andylandis.biz. That's andylandis.biz. You're listening to The Money Hour with your host, Tina Mitchell, on Alternative Talk AM 1150. Now, back to the show with local mortgage and finance expert, Tina Mitchell. Welcome back to The Money Hour with your host and mortgage expert, Tina Mitchell, right here on 1150 AM KKNW, the June 10th show, bringing in expert advice and inside knowledge on today's events in our local economy and how it can affect your money. If you're hearing my show at a different time or day, you are listening to a rebroadcast, but you can always call the show at 1-855-411-50 or go online at themoneyhour.com. Again, that's 1-855-411-50 or online at themoneyhour.com. I can connect you directly with the guests that I have in studio today. And right now I'm having a conversation with Maya Butler and Rosemary West with Real Logic Sotheby's International Realty. And the topic for today is this crazy, insane market. And everybody wants to know just a little bit more and what's going on. So thanks, you guys, for coming back in studio. It's becoming a regular thing, uh, hanging out with you guys here. We love it. It is, yes. And a little bit about uh, Maya and Rosemary. Maya Butler has over 40 years experience experience in the local real estate market and is passionate about doing whatever it takes to provide her clients with the famous white glove service from Real Logic Sotheby's is so famous for providing. Also, Rosemary West is also with Real Logic, Real Logic Sotheby's International, over 20 years experience in the local real estate market. She attributes her success to her extensive marketing and sales experience, advertising and public relations that have formed the foundation of her large local network. Business ownership and extensive new construction sales also practiced real estate in Seattle and Arizona. So to get our segment started out with the two of you, it is a crazy, insane market. And what can we expect to see with home prices in the near future? It is absolutely insane. Frenzy is just an understatement at this point. Seattle housing market is the top Top, it's the top in the nation. Um, we're looking at 12.3% appreciation mm-hmm. in our area and growth. We have on the outer areas uh, over a 31% increase in some little pocket areas of the south wow. end. It's just gone crazy. When we say multiple offers and frenzy, take take what we spoke about before mm-hmm. as something that was just a something that was a a vision as to what was coming. Now, we used to see maybe 10 to 12 offers. We've actually been in situations, Maya and I have been in situations where we are one of 26. We are one of 46 offers. It's just insane. How do you even begin to prepare your clients to compete with that? Is ultimately the realism comes down to all cash, it has to be their decision to remove all the mm-hmm. contingencies of any kind, whether they're inspections or financial contingencies or even appraisal contingencies. Yeah. It's just an insane market. Crazy. Maya? Yeah. 90% of the homes coming onto the market today are literally 
they're bidding wars on them, especially in the urban centers. So, um, and as Rosemary said, 20, 30, 40 offers that we're competing against. Buyers are waiving all their contingencies. Uh, they're making their earnest money um, non-refundable. Yeah. They're writing letters to the sellers, telling them how much they're going to love their homes. They're literally doing anything that they possibly can to make their offers more attractive to the sellers now. Yeah, I kind of cringe with financing. I see $30,000, $50,000 earnest money being waived when the contract comes over. It's craziness. It is. So why would now be a good time for anyone to sell their home? Well, Obviously, with the lack of inventory. Inventory is so low. It's it's almost insane. We have, between Maya and myself, we have so many clients that are, we have a list that we go through every single morning. Mm-hmm. What do we have that we can sell them? Uh, so many buyers, very little sellers. We've gone on several listing appointments in the last couple months where people have decided at the last minute they're not going to sell because they would not have anywhere else to go. Even though they know the market is strong and they could get the most they possibly could even imagine for their place Mm -hmm. and possibly even putting it on the market, even pricing it at the right price, what we're seeing is the possibility of it going up maybe fifty dollars to $100,000 more, even more in, the, in some cases. So bottom line, people will back out of mm-hmm. listing because they don't know where they're going to go live. Yeah, they yeah, cannot that's afford a, that's another an home. That's an interesting, you know, interesting point of the challenge. Why aren't, you know, you ask why aren't sellers selling their property when they can get just amazing do- dollar because they can't find another home. Correct. Maya? Well, a lot of things that we are doing to help ease the sellers through this is providing a lease back to the sellers so mm-hmm. that they can sell their homes, they get the money, and then they can look for a home to move that themselves without yeah. having to move out of the home or, you know, move into a temporary housing yeah. of some sort. And I've, you know, I've talked with a lot of buyers because I do the mortgage side, as you guys know, um, that have no idea that they can actually go out and buy another home and still hold onto their house. I mean, even if they don't have the cash from their home, if they can get an equity line of credit from their home, a lot of clients, um, they've got 401ks, they can take a temporary loan against their 401k. So there's some options to take a look at to where it makes that process a lot easier. So why would anyone want to buy investment properties right now? Where is the the opportunities there? That's the interesting thing that's going on with our our Seattle, Bellevue, Kirkland, Renton area mm-hmm. and Canton, Auburn. Tacoma's also not too far behind, by yes. the way. It's Tacoma's growing going by crazy. Yep. People are still think coming moving into the area. From the Bay Area, we have a lot of new technology companies relocating here because mm-hmm. of it's less expensive to operate here yes. than it is in San Francisco. Yes. Yep. So they're bringing along with them a lot of employees are hiring a lot of new people that are moving to the state. Yep. Here's what's interesting. Most of those people, if you're making, even if you're making $250,000 a year, they may not want to buy because mm-hmm. they want the freedom to lease something and be able to move to Boston, London, San Francisco, L.A., wherever the the market may take them. And it's such a competitive market in the technology world Mm -hmm. that they know that once they are valued, they will more than likely get another offer somewhere else that may be even better. So they want to be flexible. So a lot of people, even with coming in with those type of salaries, are looking to lease. And what's interesting about that market it's really tight. Yeah. And even people that are looking for 5000 to $10,000 a month rentals, which are luxury mm-hmm. rentals, there's not 
virtually anything for them to even lease at yeah. this point. And it's going to be interesting when we talk with Melissa that's going to talk just on the property management side and, and rental. So, yeah, it's crazy that everything is, is in a frenzy and crazy. And it's not going to slow down. Yes. It, it, it really is not because uh-huh. of all the the new companies coming into the area and the movement of new population. Uh, it's it's just an interesting dynamic. Um, Maya, maybe want to you want to elaborate on the bubble situation well, that people perceive, but is not really there. Yes. Yeah. The, uh, there's uh, yes. I guess we are in a bubble, Uh and that bubble is rising, but that bubble is not going to be bursting for any time soon. I've never heard it say that way. That's, yes, makes total sense. It's going Mm -hmm. to continue to rise, and I would expect at least for the next couple of years. Yeah. Uh, A lot that um, involved in that is the amount of technology that is, well, the technology companies that are moving into the area. and. Um, Amazon is building a 12 million square foot facility in Kent. Hmm. Google is building a 2 million square foot campus in South Lake Union. Facebook is coming in and doing the same. They've got a campus in Seattle as well as Redmond. Bellevue-based Expedia is relocating to downtown Seattle. So they're taking 3,000 jobs to downtown Seattle. Mm -hmm. Uh, F5 Network took over 500,000 square feet of office space in downtown Seattle, and Apple is looking to expand as well. Yeah. So we have, and that doesn't even include a lot of the tech industries that are moving into the area, and um, they estimate a 1,000 families a week are moving into the area yeah, that, that is, we need to provide housing for. It's crazy, and I think a lot of people don't think about that. We mentioned, you know, I've I've heard our, our values were 10, 10 years behind on Sandy, or on in the Bay Area. So I've got clients that are calling in, and they're, they're relocating because they've got the satellite companies here from their company because of the employment tax that you, payroll tax you talked about, plus the consumers are not having to pay that tax. I mean, it's crazy, all the people that are coming in. So what about um, the factors that make our real estate market so hot right now? Well, since 2010, we've created 50,000 jobs in the area. Our local talent is young, they're well-educated, mm-hmm. and the tech companies are moving in to attract that local talent. Uh, since that time, 14,000 housing units have been added to the market, and another 14,000 units are expected to be completed by 2020. Um, Currently, the trends are in both Seattle and Bellevue areas to build up. Mm -hmm. So, um, and there's a new program, it's called the HALA program in Seattle, giving developers additional height to add more density in Mm -hmm. their projects that they're willing to support more affordable housing. So that's what's happening in this area. Uh Rosemary? What also seems to be affecting our price point is People are actually, if you look at the area within, uh, they, the, the information is a mile radius from the downtown core area of Seattle Bellevue. Okay. Everything has become over $500,000 mm. to even think about buying, yeah. even in Snohomish County. So if you're looking at the closer in you get to downtown, the pricing has gone into, you're at a million dollar mark in the Madison Park, Capitol uh-huh. Hill area. Yep. You are almost at $2 million for the mark in the West Bellevue communities. It's not just what's 
it's not just the growth that we're having of, of, of new um, people coming into the market, but it's also the affordability issue yeah. and where are they going to live. So they're having to go further and further out and the commute is becoming more difficult and traffic, of course, as you well know, has become a real issue. Yes. So th- people have to balance and value which is more important, my commute or do I want to live somewhere yeah. that is, is, is beautiful and nice or am I willing to live in a very small one bedroom yep. or two bedroom or a smaller home? to be closer in. And the options you get stuck in this rat race trying to get something or you're stuck in the, the renting rat race, which is no fun either. So is there hope for home buyers? I mean, how are you educating and really helping home buyers see that there is a light at the end of the tunnel? Well, you know that you have first-time home buyer programs in the mortgage business. Yes. And one thing that we're advising our clients to do is to, versus instead of getting a pre-approval letter, to get a letter of credit mm-hmm. where it's already gone through under, uh, they've already qualified, it's gone through underwriting. So we're doing everything that we can to help first-time home buyers look more attractive mm-hmm. to the sellers. And are you seeing that they're paying, excuse me, that they're paying a higher price for the property so that they can, because they've got the mortgage, so they're just paying higher than what the higher price is so that they can get their offer accepted based on price versus term? Or I think it's driven by just the the amount of buyers that you have Mm -hmm. out there that are competing and driving that price point up. And ultimately, everyone is... Uh, every agent that we talk to that prices something, even with the most experience, we're, we're saying, okay, let's price it here. And we're shocked sometimes when it goes 100000 over yeah. or 150000 over. It just depends on how many people are willing to. And we don't know what that, that, that number is. Yeah. Uh, to kind of give you an idea, we do a lot of marketing, Maya and I do. And we get hits on our websites for example, if we get a new listing, we have well over 10,000 hits on our listing if, if it's under 500,000. If it's over that amount, we may get like 1,500 hits. Mm-hmm. So where are all these people coming from? We, have, we, we are able to have a program that tells us where they're coming from, and they're from all over the world. We yeah. have a lot of people coming in from China, Middle East. Barcelona seems to be a big attraction because it's a very biotech and tech in. Okay. Environment. Okay. Um, then you have a lot of people from the from the Boston area, New York, L.A., San Francisco. So it's it's just, and then of course Vancouver, British Columbia. What's interesting about Vancouver, British Columbia? They have that new tax. Yes. To try to discourage. Mm-hmm. That's actually leveled off. They're starting to see another increase again. It's like it it, it helped for them for the t- it was a cure for the moment, mm-hmm. but now the frenzy is back up again. Yeah. So they are in the same situation as we are. We did end up with a lot of investors moving their money, mm-hmm. but they are still taking that risk and saying, okay, it's still a bit, it's still a safe market to move yes. into. Yeah, yeah. Maya, we got to wrap things up. 30 yeah. seconds. Any, any last shout out to my listeners? Well, you know, I just think that um, we've got to look at, we're also the, the closest port to Asia uh-huh. and they've been opening up more um, air flights directly, Delta has. And uh, so that's why this area is so attractive to potential investors yeah. and buyers. Also, the schools mm-hmm. are rated very well. 
And uh, so we're just going to look at more of the same here. It's going to it's just going to go crazy for yeah, the next so if few you're, years. If you're listening and, you know, this is it can be kind of stressful listening to, you know, what's happened in the real estate market. If you're out there trying to get a home and the best thing is you got to work with the best of the best in the industry. you got to work with agents that are connected. Um, they're really networking with the other agents that are listing those particular homes. I got two of them in studio right here. Um, if you want excellent representation, give the show a call. I'll connect you with Rosemary and Maya. And you guys, thank you so much again for coming in and enjoying. Oh, me in studio. It's always a pleasure. Thank you. We always appreciate this. You're welcome. Thanks, Maya. Thanks so much. Coming up next on The Money are strategies for building a better retirement. Tony Sablon with Ultimate Wealth Strategies, New York Life, right here at 1150 AM KKNW after this short break. Are you near retirement? Recently transferred to a new job and wondering what to do with your old 401k? Are you interested in learning about how to create a defensive and offensive strategy for your financial plan? Tony Sablon of Eagle Strategies can help you analyze your current financial plan, life insurance, and investments. Tony Sablon has helped hundreds of individuals, families, and business owners bring clarity to their financial plan. This is Tony Sablon with Eagle Strategies. To learn more about my practice, call me at 425-586-0977 or reach me online at ultimatewealthstrategies.com. To receive a free consultation, call me at 425-586-0977 or reach me online at Tony Sablon at EagleStrategies.com. Again, that's 425-586-0977 or reach me online at Tony Sablon at EagleStrategies.com. The following material is presented for informational and sales purposes only and represents our understanding of generally applicable rules. It is not intended and does not set forth solutions to individual situations. New York Life Insurance Company, its agents or employees may not give legal, tax, or accounting advice, and none is intended nor should be inferred from the information herein. Clients should consult their own professional advisors prior to implementing any planning strategies. This material includes a discussion of one or more tax-related topics prepared to assist in the promotion or marketing of the transactions or matters Addressed. It is not intended and cannot be used by any taxpayer for the purpose of avoiding any IRS penalties that may be imposed upon the taxpayer. You're listening to The Money Hour with your host, Tina Mitchell, on Alternative Talk AM 1150. Now, back to the show with local mortgage and finance expert, Tina Mitchell. Well, welcome back to The Money Hour with your host and mortgage expert, Tina Mitchell, right here on 1150 AM KKNW, the Saturday, June 10th show. It's a great day to talk about money. That's why I'm here, and that's what the show is all about, how to make money, save money, have a better quality of life for you and your family. And if you're hearing my show at a different time or day, you are listening to a rebroadcast to talk with the guests that I have on the show today. You can call at one 855 411150 or go online at com. And talking about a better quality of life for you and your family when it comes to finances, I couldn't ask to have anybody better in except for my next guest, which is Tony Sablon with Ultimate Wealth Strategies New York Life, strategies for building a better retirement. Tony, thank you so much for coming back in studio. Thanks for having me, Tina. And a little bit about Tony. Tony Sablom is an advisor with New York Life. He is also the founder of Ultimate Wealth Strategies based in Bellevue, Washington, focusing on life 
insurance, investment, retirement, estate planning for you, your family, or small business to identify your life goals and motivations. He has a vast team of specialists that will help you meet your goals. Not only does he enjoy helping people with their financial goals and dreams, he is passionate about the community throughout his involvement with very various nonprofit organizations. One of the unique things about Tony is that he is a mixed martial arts coach at AMC Pancration in Kirkland, Washington, training alongside current UFC champions, one FC champion, and other world-class fighters. It's nice to know a little bit behind the scenes outside of what your business life is about. Well, Tony, let's get right into it. Why should we start thinking about better strategies for retirement? Well, uh, you know, why you should start thinking today is because uh, longevity may be the most significant factor in retirement planning these days. And and it's also the hardest to gauge. You know, with the steady increase in life expectancy, you may be living in retirement much longer than you anticipated. So when we compare longevity using today's mortality tables versus ones used very recently, we see that people are living longer, meaning we'll need income longer than we may have thought we did. For instance, for a healthy 65-year-old female, you can expect to live well into your 80s. And for males, you can expect to live to your early 80s. And another factor is tax management would be another reason why you would consider a better strategy for retirement. So, Tony, who's responsible for your retirement? So, in times past, many retirees relied on income from pensions and Social Security benefits funded by corporations and government programs. The cash flow they took from personal savings was just a small piece of the pie. So since these programs and pensions were reliable, guaranteed and sufficient in most cases. Today, however, Social Security is providing a smaller percentage of the income needed in retirement and sometimes without the benefit of cost of living increases. Furthermore, pension plans are no longer as prevalent as they used to be, leaving most people without those guaranteed funds. And consequently, the, re- the responsibility for accumulating retirement savings and generating retirement income is shifting from organizations to individuals. Therefore, personal savings for retirement is far more important today. Yeah. So, and also, Tony, let's talk about factors that you need to keep in mind uh, when planning for your retirement. So lifestyle design is an important factor. And generally what I see is that, you know, if you're making a certain amount of dollars uh, right before retirement, those are the same amount of dollars you'd like to last you for the next 30 to 40 years of your retirement, uh, which, which brings, uh, to the fact that inflation is inevitable. So mm-hmm. people in the job force usually keep up with inflation through pay increases. But after retirement, few people can increase their income enough to keep case, pace with the cost of living. So although the idea is simple, many also many people don't re- recognize the enormous increase in wealth that can result from beginning to save early, and that's today. Yeah, and I always I always ask people, would you ever take a job and never get an increase? So why would you think about retirement and not setting up a plan to where you're going to get an increase? So what I'm hearing you say, you know, Tony, really is um, stop procrastinating and start accumulating. That's correct. And, uh, you know, long-term goal, goals often involve saving for the future, and that includes buying a home, mm-hmm. starting a business, paying for college, enjoying a comfortable retirement, So early planning maximizes the power of that time, helping you reach those financial goals by saving today. So hypothetically, how fast can an investment grow? So I get that question a lot. And, uh, you know, how long will it take 
my money to grow? So one answer is, uh, just a simple answer, is the rule of 72. It's called the rule of 72 because you can calculate an estimate for the amount of time it will take you to double your money by dividing your expected annual return by 72. So for instance, an expected 10% return, you would divide 10 by 72, and the result is that your money will double every 72 years. Or if you obtain a 6% return on an investment, the money will double every 12 years. So the rule of 72 is a hypothetical mathematical calculation. There's no assurance that any investment will double within a specific, specific time frame. So this annual return is hypothetical, and it does not represent the return of any specific investment. Just an idea. And as a financial uh, advisor, you've got to disclose that. (laughs) Just a a way to calculate an estimate. So let's talk about taxes, Tony. So if you incorporate annual taxes into the formula, the Rule of 72 formula, you'll see that more time is required to double your money. So... That's that's often overlooked, and uh, people don't realize that. Yeah, it'll be interesting. I mean, if you really ask the question of where taxes are right now, and you know, you know, when you're investing in your uh, 401k or your IRAs, that it's tax-free, but you are going to pay taxes when that money comes out. And so the real question is, is where is uh, where are income taxes going to be when you're retired? My guess is they're probably going to be higher than where they are at right now. So really finding some areas that you can um, shelter and not have to pay taxes when you're drawing that money out. And I know that's a whole other show uh, uh, that we'll have to talk about, Tony. But there's lots of creative things, and that's why it's important to meet with your advisor and find out what the options are for you personally. So, Tony, how do you affect uh, the growth in your portfolio? So with you know with taxes in mind, you know if you're expecting a 6% pre-tax return and you're in a 33 33- 33% tax bracket, you can really expect a 4% post-tax return. So instead of your money doubling in 12 years, it will take 18 years for your money to double if you pay taxes on your earnings each year. So in short, taxes cost an extra six years of growth in this, um, in this scenario. And it's nice to break it down like that to give a, a, a real look at what that might uh, what that might look like. So, Tony, what do you see as the main risks and type of retirement planning that you're seeing right now with your clients? So, what I'm what I'm seeing with people I meet uh, and also my clients is you know longevity, inflation, taxes, and lack of uh, guarantees in people's portfolio. Mm-hmm. So starting early, folks often uh, start later, but uh, those that start early, it's really cheaper to uh, save for your retirement. And what about financial planning vehicles that you consider in planning for retirement? So individuals need to think about the bigger picture and expand their use of investment vehicles that are uncorrelated to each other or the market, and also consider placing guarantees within their portfolio. So when you think about diversification, you also want to diversify across the types of vehicles, and that's stocks, bonds, mutual funds, life insurance, income protection insurance, annuities, and also real estate. So no one investment vehicle will give you the home run in retirement. And often what I see is uh, a good chunk of your assets are are focused in one 
vehicle, whether that's stocks or the other investment vehicles. Yeah, we all know the diverse, diversification is is important to have all of those uh, pieces of the pie in play so that if one is down, you can weigh on making money on the other area and the diversification. So when you have clients come in and talk with you, Tony, and they've got uh, something that you're looking at and just wish that they would have came in to see you a little bit earlier, is there a common see- thing that you're seeing uh, with those clients? It's it's just, it's it's procrastination. Yeah. So what I so what we talked about earlier is you know don't procrastinate, and start accumulating whether that's a hundred dollars a month, two hundred dollars a month, three hundred dollars a month. Really, it's 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 exercising the behavioral aspect of mm-hmm. saving, so that when you when you are ready to start saving a bigger amount of money. It's it's not overwhelming. Yeah, and I you know if you can go in and take a look at the numbers because I know you've got some amazing software that can just lay everything out and really plug those numbers in to see how it looks. And if you can take money from areas that you're spending right now, the younger you are, obviously, the better those numbers are going to look. And just see where you can adjust some of your personal spending so that you can really be saving for your future. So you'll have personal spending when you get into your retirement uh, years. Now, Tony, I know you also work with um, um, employers. And so what are you seeing with employer plans that you're able to, because you've taken on some some new accounts where and employers are really um, not in the best program to suit what they're trying to accomplish. So talk a little bit about that. So with regard to employer programs, you know, they have um, ERISA fiduciary responsibilities. And what we're seeing is because of the inherent risk of of uh, helping employees save for retirement, really their only responsibility, if you look at the way these plans are designed, is just to offer the benefit. Mm -hmm. So what's lacking and what I see is that people have access to a a financial planner. Uh, So most of them have a 1-800 number that they call, but really it's, they're just order takers. Okay. And... Um, what people need is a is a comprehensive plan, and I think what employers need to do is, you know, realize the fact that, you know, back in the day when you had pensions, it was easy for an employee to just go in, do their deal, work mm-hmm. for 30, 40 years, and then retire comfortably. These days, employees are transferring jobs, switching jobs every one to two years. Uh, so, you know, retirement planning is an afterthought. Yeah. Yeah. And also with the investment choices within a retirement plan, it's it really doesn't cover the gamut of, of what one needs for a comprehensive financial plan. Yeah. And, you know, I have a tool that shows people mathematically where and visually where most of their money is. Mm-hmm. Right. And. And there's just not enough guarantees within these 401k plans. So, Tony, as we wrap things up uh, here, can you talk a little bit about fee structure and, and the difference of, because there's different ways that you can choose your advisor on whether you're paying an, an annual fee or you're paying fee based on trade. Can you talk just a, a little bit about that? Yeah, so with the, you know, with the way advisors are paid, um, you can either p- be paid a commission where you reach out to an advisor, they find you the best insurance, best investment mm-hmm. uh, based on you, the, the client's request, right? So you're really, you're just an order taker and you just get a commission. Or you you have a fee structure, uh, like an assets under management fee where you're getting a certain percentage of the assets under your management and that puts you on the bo- both sides of the table in terms of if the portfolio grows, 
the advisor's compensation grows. If the portfolio goes down, the uh, advisor's compensation goes down. And then lastly, there's the, there's a, um, an upfront fee in which some advisors charge, and that could be anywhere from 2500 to 30000 depending on the complications or the complexity of your estate. So there's there's different ways that advisors mm-hmm. and and clients can engage in terms of compensation. Seems like an asset under management would be a pretty good deal for a client, right? That would be a good deal. To have that accountability for yeah. your advisor to manage those assets and yeah, manage yeah. based on their product their right. performance. Yeah, because it puts you on the same side yes. of the table. Yeah. So Tony, any other uh, final words of wisdom when it comes to retirement as we wrap up our time together? Yeah, so you know, a lot of folks ask me what it, what is, what's realistic in terms of different types of investment returns, and you know, after a lengthy bull or bear market, some people tend to lose perspective of what is a normal rate of return. So to that, I say let's have a conversation because returns are just one part of the equation, and it's easy to overlook having a comprehensive plan when times are good like they are today. Yeah, great advice. Thank you, t- th- Tony. Thank you so much for coming back in studio. It's always a pleasure uh, chatting with you. Thank you. Always a pleasure. Coming up next on the Money Hour: Implications of the Seattle City Council's revisions to the landlord-tenant ordinance. Melissa Master Leo with Coldwell Baker Bain, right here at 11:50 a.m. KKNW. After the short break. Are you near retirement? Recently transferred to a new job and wondering what to do with your old 401k? Are you interested in learning about how to create a defensive and offensive strategy for your financial plan? Tony Sablon of Eagle Strategies can help you analyze your current financial plan, life insurance, and investments. Tony Sablon has helped hundreds of individuals, families, and business owners bring clarity to their financial plan. This is Tony Sablon with Eagle Strategies. To learn more about my practice, call me at 425-586-0977 or reach me online at ultimatewealthstrategies.com. To receive a free consultation, call me at 425-586-0977 or reach me online at Tony Sablon at eaglestrategies.com. Again, that's 425-586-0977 or reach me online at Tony Sablon at EagleStrategies.com. Are you behind in filing your tax returns? Does the IRS claim you owe them money, but you can't pay? Are you getting nasty grams from the IRS? Are you losing sleep? Please know your tax problems can be solved. Work locally and actually meet the person that'll help you with your tax problems and not some faceless national firm. Call None Better Tax Resolution today at 1-844-SOS-1040 for a free confidential consultation. Again, call 844-SOS-1040 today and start fixing your tax problems so you can sleep peacefully. You're listening to The Money Hour with your host, Tina Mitchell, on Alternative Talk AM 1150. Now, back to the show with local mortgage and finance expert, Tina Mitchell. Welcome back to The Money Hour with your host and mortgage expert, Tina Mitchell, right here at 1150 AM KKNW, the Saturday, June 10th show. I am here to help you build a strong financial blueprint one week and one show at a time. If you're hearing my show at a different time or day, you are listening to a rebroadcast. You can call the show at 1-855-411-50. Again, that's 1-855-411-50 or online at themoneyhour.com to discuss anything regarding your finances, uh, 
topics that you'd like to bring into studio or to connect with the guests that I have in studio today. And right now I'm going to have a conversation with Melissa Master Leo with Coldwell Banker Bain. And she's going to be bringing in and talking about implications of Seattle City Council revisions to the Landlord-Tenant Ordinance. Melissa, thank you so much for coming back in studio. Thank you for having me. And this is a really important uh, topic. Before I get to that, though, I want to give you a little background about uh, Melissa. Uh, Melissa's background in relocation and international transfer sees Melissa easily segued into real estate, specializing residential property management. Her attention to detail and in-depth knowledge of the trends and issues facing property owners has earned her a reputation for professional excellence and respect of her peers. She regularly gets referrals from her colleagues from a variety of brokerages, as well as from her satisfied clients. Her high standard with deep bench of trusted vendors allows her to offer excellent service across the board. She has been the number one Cold War Banker Bain property manager for the last five years, so there could not be anybody better to top on this talk on this t- topic today. Melissa has been an active member of her community. She currently is on the board of Teens in Public Service and has dedicated her dedicated member of Women's Council of Rural Tours. Melissa, thank you again for coming in, and this is really a, a, an important topic because especially if you're uh, looking in the uh, Seattle proper and what's happening with implications of the Seattle City Council's revisions to the Landlord-Tenant Ordinance. So, Melissa, there has been so much information in the news lately about how Seattle City Council is making changes in favor of tenants. What brought this on? Well, unfortunately, homelessness is such a big issue here in our beautiful area and rental prices have soared. The Times reported that apartment rents have increased 57% in the last six years within Seattle. And these increases have hit those needing affordable housing particularly hard, bringing us back to that homelessness issue. The disparate impact on people of color and low wage earners has made it very difficult for them to keep their rental homes and to transition away from homelessness when that's occurred. Also, another thing that's happened is the Seattle Office of Civil Rights did a fair housing study a couple years ago. Of those landlords who were tested, 60% had a fair housing violation, and they only tested for three of the protected classes. 23 landlords then were formally charged with fair housing violations. So the council, you know, they were they had to come up with some solutions. It was a big challenge. Yeah. So, Melissa, what are the fair housing laws? And are only large property owners responsible for following the fair housing? Are only large property owners tested? How is that working? Fair housing laws affect housing, whether it is in the sales arena or in um, homes that are for lease. So it doesn't matter if you are somebody doing business and being a landlord is a business, you have laws that you have to follow. So if you have one rental property or you own large multifamily properties, you can be tested and those laws are uh, important for you to follow. So they've been around for decades. You know, these started as an offshoot of the civil rights legislation in the 60s and federal classes were established, like race, religion, and gender. Others were added later, like family status and disabilities. States and cities have then also added uh, classes as well. Currently in Seattle, there are 14 protected classes. And Seattle has been the leader in our area for tenant rights. 
other localities in our area have subsequently adopted Seattle's protected classes, like Section 8 status. Caldwell Banker Bain and I proudly follow fair housing laws no matter where the property is located, and our rental screening criteria reflects this commitment. So talking about the rental screening uh, criteria prepared in advance to give all prospects, what do you have on your criteria? Well, you're right. All landlords are required by state law to have a written criteria mm-hmm. before they begin marketing a property, and they have to give that then to prospective tenants. State law requires that an applicant be given this criteria before you can pull their credit and run their background check. This gives them the opportunity to make an educated choice on spending their money for screening uh, for any particular home. And the criteria can vary from company to company. And usually the background check includes things like credit, eviction history, criminal background, employment, income verification, and rental history. So Melissa, what are the changes that the city council has made? Well, there have been quite a few. Yes, there have. (laughs) (laughs) And we won't be able to go into depth on all of them. Um, Seattle landlords need to know that uh, they have to give this pamphlet to uh, their um, applicants and then to their tenants at least once a year. It's called information for tenants. So it's a really good way for landlords and tenants to keep up with the changes. Mm -hmm. It really clearly summarizes the city's laws and also the state ordinance as well. And it it makes everything kind of black and white and easy to understand. The responsibilities of being a landlord and the responsibilities of being a tenant are both clearly defined. And the changes get updated each time there's a change. Mm -hmm. Um, So one of the really big ones that have come in recently is first in time, first in line. Then there's also limits on fees and deposit amounts. And quite controversially, uh, there's one on uh, consideration of criminal history on a case-by-case basis. So these big ones that you listed, they are big ones, and I'd like to break them down. Um, You know, first in time, first in line, what is that, Melissa? First in time, first in line really is to address that we in property management, in the world of leasing, have the same shortage of supply as is on the sales market. And we also have way more people who want a property than can be placed in a single one. Yes. So um, I get multiple offers all the time. And when I finish the program today, I've got to go and evaluate six different sets of, uh, of applicants to decide who will be first in line for a property. The first in line, first in time uh, requirement means that when applications come in, you, ha- you have to time and date stamp them. The very first one, if it appears that it will uh, pass the screening criteria, then is meant to be your very first applicant. So your first in is in first place. Yeah, wow. And there's a few problems with that. Mm-hmm. And one is, you know, uh, properties quite often, if especially when they're more on the affordable end of the rental spectrum, I can have 50, 100, even more uh, inquiries before I've scheduled a single showing. When this kind of thing happens, I schedule an open house so that everybody gets exactly the same chance. I give Mm -hmm. everybody exactly the same information and everyone exactly the same opportunity. So everybody 
from yesterday's showings had an opportunity to apply Mm -hmm. and they know that I'm going to look at it and choose who's going to be first based on objective criteria. Yeah, it's just crazy. So uh, talk a little bit about the um, the fee part. Well, fees um, used to be unlimited. There was no definition to them uh, under the Seattle ordinance. But now um, fees are are very defined. these are considered by the council as a cost of doing business, and that's actually been our policy, too. Uh, an example is like if you move into a high-rise condo, there's a move-in fee, and sometimes there's even a move-out fee. Mm-hmm. I've seen them be from really affordable and uh, low cost to $500 or more for each move-in and then subsequent move-out. So it can be a large amount of money. Um Fees now can be limited to no more than 10% of the monthly rent. Pet fees are no longer allowed. And uh, cleaning fees are an interesting um, limitation as well. So if you charge a a cleaning fee Mm -hmm. at move-in, that caps the amount you can charge for cleaning at move-out. Really? Yes. And our feeling has always been that fees aren't motivational to people because Mm -hmm. they know they can't get that money back. Yeah. So we think the best way to serve the landlords is to give the tenants the opportunity to get their money back when they comply with the terms of the lease. Yeah, it makes sense. What about security deposits, Melissa? Security deposits are now limited to no more than one month's rent. And that's a problem uh, for those who, during the downturn, had a short sale or foreclosure. Mm -hmm. We used to be able to take two months security deposit for those people who weren't able to continue their um, obligations to their housing. But now that that limitation is there, it means that some people will now be denied rather than have the opportunity at housing. So, Melissa, let's talk a little bit about the criminal record that you'd mentioned about those changes. Okay. This is one that will take a long time to explain and probably is best for another show. Um, What's happened is people who have had even very minor criminal background have Mm -hmm. been denied housing. And there's a substantial amount of our homeless population of people who maybe have had some kind of charge in their past, maybe or maybe not gone to prison for that, Mm -hmm. but they have paid their fines and and such. But because they have a criminal history, they can't um, secure housing. Uh So the city council wants extenuating circumstances and how long ago was it and lots of other factors to contribute to a landlord's analysis if a person um, would be denied or not based on that history. The issue is that, you know, For those of us especially who are very committed to fair housing, treating someone the same as everybody else every single time, how do you do that if it's a case-by-case situation? Yeah, so there's a there's a lot of things to work through and try to figure out with these new uh, uh, new laws. So let's talk about the investment buyers um, out there, Melissa, because there's a lot of people that are wanting to invest in, in real estate and be a landlord. So what advice do you have for them? Well, I encourage people to uh, continue uh, acquiring their money for investment through their professions uh-huh. and then hire a professional to make this money um, that they've invested in residential property grow for them. It is muddy waters and choppy seas and whatever kind of 
other um, metaphors we can throw out there. And you need someone who has the knowledge and skills to navigate that for you. So, Melissa, we've got one minute to wrap up time. And I do want to just ask you, um, what's under consideration for changes uh, for the city and what they made? Well, uh, there's a another consideration happening. It's coming in through the courts, actually outside of the C- Seattle city limits. It's in Renton, but it is something that's under consideration in Seattle as well. The example is this: a, a woman who uh, is a woman of color. Um, everybody who lived at her residence was uh, charged for an eviction. So it's recorded that there was an eviction charge. Uh The eviction didn't go through, but because it shows on her um, housing record as having an eviction charged, she's denied uh, for housing. So she has brought a suit and this may be the next case-by-case situation. Yeah, so it'll be interesting to see how this plays out. And like you said, Melissa, the best thing is to um, have an expert on your side to make sure that you're um, able to navigate through all of the changes and understand both from a tenant standpoint and from an investment standpoint. Melissa, thank you so much for coming into studio. My pleasure. Look forward to talking to you again soon. Thank you. And this is your host and mortgage expert, Tina Mitchell, signing off for the day. Everybody enjoy the rest of your weekend. Have a great uh, Saturday, Sunday. I'll look forward to talking with you next weekend, same time, same place, right here at 1150 AM KKNW. Tina Mitchell, MLO 145420, is a licensed loan originator with Gateway Mortgage Group, LLC. The views expressed by the speakers on the preceding program are those of the speakers and do not necessarily reflect the views of Gateway Mortgage Group, LLC, nor are they necessarily endorsed by Gateway Mortgage Group, LLC.